Today, we're going to be speaking with Nicole Copen-Provars. Thank you for being here today with us, Nicole. Thank you. Uh, Nicole is a dear friend of mine, and um, I came to know her working in family law, and we worked uh, representing some children. But today is more of um, about who Nicole is and why she's so passionate and so compassionate and so um, wonderful at the job she does in being a helper and just learning some of the story behind her story of what she's doing today. And so um, coming into this, we were, we were saying there's so much here. So I think this is going to be the first of one or two or three episodes with Nicole, because there's a lot of um, knowledge, a lot of wealth of experience that I think that you have to offer so many people. Um, and you're so vulnerable and so compassionate and you just really are very truthful with your experiences. And I think we all can learn and grow from that. Oh, so thank, thank you for being here today. When we first get together with anybody, yeah, um, and we've never done this before, and now that we've had a series and you've actually taken the time to yeah. look at some of the episodes that we've had, mm-hmm. and I'm always curious to know before you even have gone through it yourself, just from that perspective, yeah, what did you see and what do you see? And what do you see as like the benefit of it? Why are you attracted to it? Yeah. So just to be fair and honest, I haven't watched a full one from beginning Mm -hmm. to end, but I have watched a lot of them Mm. uh, just to get a feel for each one. And that's how I knew I wanted to do that. Mm. And the reason what I got from, from whatever I saw was that it's about creating communities from the heart and communities that value people for, for who they are. And, um, it's, it's, I think we, in this world, we need connection and in this world, we need communities. And so often we go into communities because we th- think that's the community that we have to go into or um, sort of we, social events or social situations because that's who we are. That's what we've chosen to be. Um, and they're bad for us and they teach us the wrong things. Mm. Um, they create um, inner critics inside of us and imposter syndrome inside of us because we're now comparing ourselves to those communities. Mm. And we listen to podcasts with those communities. Mm. What I loved about this was it's the creation of a community of who you really are from the inside. And it's about that there are other communities that just value you for who you are, value your flaws, value your vulnerabilities, value your courageousness, value your courage. Um, And for me, that was the nicest thing about this podcast, was people being real, not pretending to be who they think society ought to be it's just this is who i am this is how i made it this is my success um so i think it's it's the creation of a whole community so people can go yeah there are more people like that i maybe that community wasn't right for me and i know that there are other there are other people who think like me so i think that's what really drew me to to this podcast we need to know that there there are more people like us (laughs) And there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a ton out there. Um, I remember once I was doing a talk on work-life balance, and there was a group of... There's such a thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just call it life, right? Mm-hmm. Forget yeah. work-life. But the point was that when I was in this group of 10 people who I had no connection with, and I thought to myself, why would they even believe me <laughs> about work-life balance? What have I proven to them that I know anything about balance? Yeah. They don't know me. And it, what it, I got introduced as blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm sitting there in their shoes and I was thinking, why would they believe yeah, why are you the me expert? Yeah. Yeah. on balance? What have I shown them that I know about balance? Oh, so, we've shown them only one part of our life that looks very balanced. Right. right? The picture we present the picture, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And as I was thinking about my presentation, I said, okay, so I will not talk to them about balance. What I'm going to talk to them about are all the times that I lost my balance. Yeah. And that was my presentation. Yeah. And I said, here's my walk through all the times I lost balance and what I learned from my moments of imbalance yes. and how I gained balance after that and then how I lost balance again yes. and then how I gained balance and how I lost balance. And this is just what I've learned. That's all I can, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I know something about balance. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it in weakness right. there is strength? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I actually wrote something about this today on my LinkedIn thing or whatever it is. I'm trying this this writing thing. Um, <laughs> trying this writing. Because I was talking to a colleague of mine just a few days ago, and there were some things happening, and we've all been through stressful, you know, in, in times, and we have been, we're going through, we are, we will, we were chatting. And at the end of the conversation, she said, well, Nicole, you know, whatever, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, mm. you know? And I was like, no, that's not right. Mm. And I said, I don't want to be stronger. I want to be softer. <laughs> Interesting. And she said, what do you mean? I said, because I think that's just such a bad philosophy. So just toss aside, suck it up, buttercup, mm. move on, be stronger. Don't let whatever it is bother you. No, it's in your weakness that you got your greatest learning. It's mm-hmm. in your weakness that you've got time to think about stuff and see how I want to change and how I want to evolve. And I don't want to be strong. I want to be empathetic and kind and flexible and see perspectives. And I can only see a perspectives if, if I've kind of been there myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be well-rounded and well-grounded. Mm. I don't want to be strong because if, if I'm strong, that means I'm not allowed to be weak. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we have to highlight that in vulnerability, there's strength. Exactly. I was just but thinking that, is, that, that is your weakness exactly is your strength. It. Your yeah. weakness is your strength. So right. yeah. I, it's, I think those things where we'll go, oh, suck it up or, you know, walk it off or, you know, it will only make you stronger. Yeah. That's not right. Well, it's like saying that, you know, like courage and bravery means you have no fear no it's not that you have no fears that you're just as afraid as like you at, face it it's the conquering of yeah, it it's yeah. just moving so yeah it's not like i don't have weaknesses i do have weaknesses and here's and then i keep going and these are my vulnerabilities and i keep going but so I, my weakness and my vulnerability if i see it in you i'm creating a community hmm. i'm creating all oh, the other people like me hmm. it's okay to be that way and it doesn't mean i'm not going to rise I'm just over here right now. Mm. So, yeah. Isn't this fantastic? I know. <laughs> so, I know. Nicole, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> and I'm very, as usual, I'm <laughs> curious to know. Yeah. Yeah, we know about the today, who it is, but I want to go kind of like back. Okay. And um, was, it, was it South Africa that you were born? Mm. Which city in South Africa? Just Johannesburg. Joburg. It's not the sexy part of South Africa. Not, <laughs> I've been to Cape Town. Yeah, that's the sexy part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know there was sexy and unsexy Cape Town is like amazing. It's beautiful. Cape Town, I always say, when God created the world, he created Cape Town first. And I went, ah, oh, this is good. And then he created oh, the rest of the world. Oh my gosh, come on. Um, I know some really good folks in, in Joburg and Durban. I'm Pretoria and the areas yeah. around that. Um, 
How long were you there before you, you moved to Canada? We emigrated to Canada when I was 29. Okay. We had uh, our, our little guy, our first. So we emigrated to Canada. It was my husband, myself, my one-year-old, and $5,000 and two suitcases. Oh, okay. See, the, the Indian people say came. very similarly, yeah. but we say $5 instead of $5,000. <laughs> but it's probably the same amount. <laughs> we just say five. <laughs> I came so. here with $5 in my pocket. Look at me now. Well, I was you well have family here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I have family yeah. here? Um, I had cousins. So we actually went to move to, you know, when you emigrate, um, you have to say in your application which city you you emigrating to. Mm. So our um, immigration papers and the stamp in Nakao, whatever stamps we had, said British Columbia because we thought we'd go to British Columbia because apparently the weather was better Mm. and it was more temperate. And Mm. we're from South Africa when you know good weather. So, uh, and then it was like, you know, we don't know one person in British Columbia. And we had cousins at a very, very, one of my, he's he's like my my brother from another mother. He's Mm. he's a cousin of mine uh, and his wife too. Um, And they were here. And I had my mom's cousin here. So we had more of family here I thought we have to go somewhere where we just have to have, a, have some, roots, a, some yeah. support and some, mm-hmm. yeah some roots exactly so um, yeah so what um, got you to think of moving outside of the sexy, the second sexiest part mm-hmm. of South Africa. It's not even the second, <laughs> but it's it's the capital isn't it's, it right? Uh, Pretoria is the capital. Actually, we got two capitals in South Africa. Right. Everything's different, but and that's probably as much as I can tell you about my my memory of the history of South Africa. <laughs> but um, why did we come? So we, first of all, my husband and I had nothing. You know, we we so we thought, well, rather go to, if we're gonna. We knew we wanted to leave. There had been so much crime. Um, our, our my family had been in, involved in a terrible home invasion. I had been held up uh, with a gun put to my head at the office. Um, there was so much crime. And we thought, you know what? Uh, we want to raise a family and and we want to go to a country where um, it's going to be safe. And we have nothing here. So we may as well go start off with nothing there um, and start creating a future for ourselves. So um, it really was, I would say, the crime uh, that that we said it's it's time to go. And so if I guess we're going to do this like backwards. Then usually I start from the <laughs> way back, and so I'm just going to keep going backwards. Then. Okay. Uh, but like I'm wondering, yeah, like there, as you're growing up, you've had like family around you in Johannesburg. There are fond memories there. Yeah. What's like your earliest recollection of your fondest memories with you? Like, my fondest. Where memories. did Where did Nicole start? The very beginning. So. I had a great life in South Africa. Like I had a great childhood. Like I, I, I don't have any, you know. Um, but what made I, it great? Everything made it great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had all my family around me. We had a big family. There were always family gatherings. Um, I had a nanny who pretty much raised me. My mother was very involved. I mm-hmm. came from a very involved family. But I had a nanny. Her name was Paulina, who raised me as mm-hmm. well. And for me, the best things at night, Lord, she never, I don't know, she she must have loved me a lot because after her hard day in, in our house, she'd go to a room and there I was wanting to sit with her and eat her eat her food, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and sit with her and she just would. And, um and, you know, probably one of, uh, when I think about it, uh, my grandmother was my 
my hero, mm-hmm. um, and she lived with us. So she, we had a, we had a house, and then she, we built on a, a, a sort of second part of a house. So um, I'm just getting such warm feelings when I'm thinking about it. So there was a, we, there we had this sort of big family. Our house was here, and there was this huge big family room, and then my grandmother's house sort of was an extension Got of it. that. There was like a door, and you, you know. And I, she used to lock that door. Um, and, and I remember, Keep the warmth in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I remember every morning I would right. rap on a door, let me in, Is that right? let me in. And like, she would crawl out of bed and like let me in. And then I would just snuggle with her in, in her bed. It was still all warm. you know. And, but she was, um, the lessons I learned from her were, were unbelievable. And what, I'm just thinking of one now. We had this very, very long driveway. And so it was apartheid. I mean, I, I, I grew up in apartheid. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just people were That's separated. And, yeah. you know, once when I said, why can't I go on Paulina's bus with her? And my mother just said, because you can't. I was like, oh, okay, because I can't. And, mm-hmm. and that was it. And I was so upset because I really wanted to go with Paulina on her bus. And I wasn't allowed to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They used to have raids um, in. They used to have raids. Where, raids. You know, where they would, because black people had to carry a pass with them. And if they were in an area where they weren't allowed to be, then they would be in trouble. So we lived next to this very big park and we had just a fence and then we had this long driveway. And I remember I was playing in our, we called it a garden, um, which I suppose is a front yard in, in here. I know a garden is a flower bed here. I've heard <laughs> that. So, <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember um, there was a raid happening in the park right next, next, next to our house, you mm. know, and I saw this. I, I didn't know if it was a kid or not a kid, but I saw this person running up our driveway. And it was like so exciting, you know, like something was happening at our house. So I chased this this person running up our driveway to see where they were going. Like why were they coming? So innocent, mm-hmm. right? Like why were they How coming? Old were you into- this time? I must have been about eight. Okay, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And um, this, you know, then the police are running behind this person, and I. So there's this person running. So wait, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah there's this person running up the this? driveway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking. The rays happening over there now. Police are running. I can see them running out of the park. This person. So I chase that person. So it's. This person, me, me chasing that person, and, and then, then the police running up, up, up our driveway. And he okay. flies into the yard and he goes, um, sort of, I knew he was sort of right at the back of the yard. My grandmother's kitchen door was sort of right at the end, at the, okay. at, at the back of, we had this sort of big uh, back uh, yard. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what yeah. else to call it, right? Yeah, it was yeah. this concrete yard. And he, and my grandmother had one of those stable doors, you know, with open at the top and close at the mm-hmm. bottom. And, uh, I see him fly around there. I see him fly around the, you know, in, 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 into the whatever. And uh, I fly in b- b- beside him. There's my grandmother just, she's at a table and she's just cutting her vegetables or she's doing whatever. And it's like, I look around and, and sort of, I, and she just goes, she goes like that to me. She just goes, oh, I mean, she may have just given me the look. Right. You know, you get that mm-hmm. look. Like meant. I knew what it meant. You knew to. And, and the police officers arrive at the door and they said, we want to, we saw somebody uh, come into your, or they didn't see it. They said somebody just came into your your house. We want to we want to search your premise. She goes, "Oh, be my guest. Open up the door. Go in." And um, they go into search, and she she quickly kicks her foot under the table, and she tells this guy to to run out because the police were now inside searching her house, and she she lets this guy go, and they they come out and they come back and they say, "We know somebody came in." And I'm just standing there, you know, because like. 
I don't understand what's yeah. going on. You know, my grandmother's lying to the police. <laughs> right. You know, and I just saw him under the table. Huh. Yeah, I didn't see him under the table. I saw him get out from under the table and then, you know, leave. So, like, I am just confused. And, like, she's now telling me to stand behind her because she's probably really scared about my little big mouth about yeah. Granny, I don't know what's happening, you know. <laughs> so, but I kind of knew I had to keep quiet. That's it. You know. And they come out and they say, we know somebody came into your house. She goes, well, you've locked. I didn't stop you from looking. Do you want to see under my table? Like, there's nobody here. And, you know, they got very uptight. And she said, well, I didn't see any. I've been standing here the whole time. I didn't see anybody come in. Hmm. And off they go. And I said, Granny, you lied. And mm-hmm. she said, I didn't lie. I saved somebody's life. Hmm. And like, for me, that was such a huge lesson. It was so simple, mm-hmm. you know. And so those are sort of, those are the kind of the memories that I And it's I just have. because something's the law doesn't mean it's right. Rules, well, common yeah. sense. And that's or, a rule or whatever yeah. you want to call and, it. And that's yeah. the thing. You know, people think, well, if the law says it's right, it's right. But it might not be right for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in family law particularly, mm-hmm. you know. And there was, yeah, the law said that back, Black people are bad and black people should carry passes around with them. Right. Um, it's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I think of fond memories, I mean, yeah, I've got the usual beautiful memories. But for me, that was a that was a really it was a defining yeah. moment of who am I, I want be? to be. I want to be that person. You and be I don't want to be the rule follower. And that, you know, that says this is how you have to be like, no, she was right. Mm-hmm. She was right. Yeah, you know, she also did some other things that, like, she like I didn't. She's passed on now, so I know she's with me now watching. <laughs> like, she did stuff that was so rogue. Come on, now I'm gonna be curious. <laughs> you know, about, so like, rogue. Come on, give me a. You know, uh, this grandmother's I badass. Know. Oh, she's so rogue. Grandmas, that's what, yeah. They right? really are. Yeah, yeah. Like, like. Can and you share 15, another one? Like that was 15, like amazing. She had to leave school mm-hmm. because she came from a family. She was the. The ninth child out of ten. Okay. Their parents really loved each other. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so she had to leave school, you know, so she left at 15. She honestly created an empire, mm. uh, like a business. Like, mm. uh, so the business that she created, it was called the Tower Christmas Club. And so what it was, um, it was like one of the first businesses, uh, I can't say, it, I, I believe I could be wrong, but that was based on a catalog system. Mm. So at the beginning of the year, you would sign up to be part of the Tower Christmas Club. And then at the beginning of the year, you'd get a catalog of everything that. And it was blankets and crockery and and what house and whatever you needed. And it was a lay-by system. So it allowed black people to get whatever they want. So they could they chose whatever they want off, off the, the catalog. And it was the Tower Christmas Club. So you had a whole year to buy whatever it was. And then when Christmas time came you got your big parcel of whatever it was that you were paying off mm. uh, over, you know. and the course of the year. Over the course of the year. Novel. Mm. In, in those days, I mean, that was 50 mm-hmm. years ago, longer because I'm 50. So it was, and it was done before I was, you know. And again, that was saying we have to help people mm-hmm. achieve their dreams, even if it's in small increments, you know. So I didn't know much about the, the Tower Christmas Club other than I just always – you know, my mom had tons of stuff from the Tower. There was always something from the Tower Christmas Club in in our house, you know. But um, 
oh, I forgot the question. Rogue, my grandmother, mm. rogue. Okay, so, so like other things is when, like she wanted to get money out of South Africa because she knew, I hope, I, I don't think she's passed on now. So, Granny, I'm not getting you into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, but, you know, she, she, want, she knew she had to get money. From, she just knew she had to get money out. She had to start you know, establishing something for her family outside of South Africa. And so she used to go and she used to smuggle diamonds in her cigarette. Uh, she would take all the like, tobacco out of her cigarette and stuff diamonds in and then stuff the tobacco back and walk through customs just without a care in the world. And that's how she smuggled money mm-hmm. out of South Africa. She also <laughs> once did a complete U-turn in front of a policeman, um, an illegal U-turn, and he stopped and she said, I never did it. <laughs> And he said, I just saw, she said, it couldn't have been me. Oh like, my God. And like just con- Were you like there me? when you, this is happening? You're seeing this. That's what someone told me that oh, okay. story. Like they, like, they said, this is your grandmother. Did she, she give you that look before she talked to the policeman or no, like you weren't like, there? So okay. other people telling me about how rogue she was and mm-hmm. like how brave she was. But mm-hmm. they said, she told it, literally did a U-turn in front of the, the traffic office and then told him he's wrong and convinced him that he may that he was wrong. wrong. Did yeah. they call traffic lights robots? Yes. In those days, we still, yeah, they still do robots. Robots, so cool. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, because they look at the stuff I work with. They go, "Why do you call them traffic lights?" And it's like, "Oh, okay." What That's do you call so them? Funny. Robots. So, um, so these are like this is a great memory. Like this is a great beginning when you're young. You've got all this love around you. Really, is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, eight twenty nine. You say there's nothing in South Africa to to stay for. Um, and ready to leave. So b- along that line, like um, there are a lot of sort of experiences that kind of get you from. There's a lot of love here too. It's time to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't a switch one day. It's it's gradual. So you got this family around, and they're doing. Where along the line does all all this like I've got all this be become yeah. less of a, an attachment? I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, you know, when, when I got married and we were starting to think about starting our own family. Um, and it was, this is not the place where I want to raise my kids. I don't want my kids to, I remember saying to my husband, I want to go, when we go to Canada, I want our kids to thank us for taking them out of a place that was so, um, you know, I want them to know that we're colorblind. I want them, you know, I want our kids to thank us. And he said, I don't want our kids to thank us. I want them just to know that this is just where we were. Like they don't have to thank us mm. for taking them away. Right. This is just the life just that we're creating that for them, you know. Um, and, you know, when we'd go back, um, my boys honestly couldn't understand the first black, because we used to go back every single year because I took away, them away from their family. And that was the hardest thing about mm-hmm. immigrating was, right. um, was birthdays. Birthdays were the hardest days for me because they didn't have grandparents they didn't have aunts everyone and uncles. wanted to come they and celebrate yeah them. we yeah. all we had was each other mm. um you know and so those were very sad beautiful like bittersweet days for mm-hmm. me uh, so we used to go back every year until they were i think my oldest was 14 when we stopped going back every year um but we'd go there and they couldn't one day they said why do you keep talking about black people i only see brown people mm. You know, mm. and I was like, oh, like there was just a realization for me. Like they didn't get it. Mm. They couldn't understand. Like for them, color was just color. Like people are just people. Like, um, so, but I think that's the family that I was raised with. It was you can be rogue and be okay. 
You don't have you to can't follow. Be rogue and you be can. Okay. You can be rogue. You can be rogue. Like you don't have to follow the the path of of you know that's set out for you or the definition of success. You can do things your way and be okay with it. Mm. And I wasn't always okay with it because I didn't understand why no one chose me. What do you mean? Why well, no one chose you? When I wanted to get a job, okay. you know, as as a you know a law clerk or a articles or something like that, all my friends were getting jobs at these law firms. No one was choosing me. Mm. And I knew that I was smarter than some of them, only academically because my grades said I was smarter. Mm. doesn't mean that I, so intellectually maybe I academically I was, you know, but right. I, I couldn't understand why, did, why do people get better jobs than me? Like what, what's wrong with me? Mm. Um, and I realized now it was the best thing ever because I got it once in a meditation is that you can't work for somebody. <laughs> You always, you have to always work for yourself. You always have to work for yourself. You have to do things for yourself. And it was like, oh my, that's that's why it wasn't it wasn't a um, a punishment. Mm -hmm. It was my growth. Um, And I'm so glad because usually when I have worked for people, I've always felt like I'm a, you know, I'm a circle or I'm a triangle in a round pigeonhole. I just don't fit 100. percent I I like it there, but I just don't fit properly. and so even when I, I became, you know, I became a lawyer and I wanted to work for somebody, it was like, it wasn't happening. So I'm fine. I'll just open up my law practice. So that's but what I did. That, when that's happening, you're able to look at it, you're able to look back on it now and say this. But while you were going through it. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Who were you actually thinking <laughs> at that time? I suck. Oh, I'm growing. Mm-hmm. No, yes, I suck. It's like really, you know, like it, it's horrible. It, it, was this in South Africa? It was, or was South this here? South Africa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is back in South Africa. Yeah, back in South Africa. Uh, was a whole other story trying to find a job here. Right. You know, but, <clears throat> you know, when those things happen and, and, and in the moment that it's happening, uh, why did I become a lawyer? I became a lawyer because there was nothing else I wanted to do. Not it was it was the only thing I wanted to do. It's like, oh, well, there's nothing else to do. I may as well just try that. Hmm. You know, it wasn't with this burning desire to to be a lawyer. It was we went to an astrologer when I was 18. Uh, um, sort of the rage was to go to this astrologer. Her name was Sharon Eisenhenker. Okay. And everyone, matric is our last year. That's what we call grade 12 is matric in South Africa. Yeah. And everyone, everyone and their dog were going to Sharon Eisenhenker because she could tell you what your career should be. Okay. Right? So she's an astrologer. So off we trotted, my mom and I, off we trotted to Sharon Eisenhenker. And Sharon said to me, there are three jobs that are very clear cut for you, she said. Um, she started off with, I think she started off with the, I don't know what order she did them in, but she said, one, you could be a librarian. Look at her roll her eyes. Around. I know, right? There's a story How do you feel there. about that? I'll come back to that later. Keep going. I don't want to interrupt your thoughts. She's so vague. I don't know. <laughs> what was that look? The, the second one was you could work in a bank. Mm-hmm. I barely know what's in my bank account. Okay. So that wasn't going to happen. And then she said, oh, you could be a lawyer. You know, and she said, actually, the lawyer is probably the best thing. She said, because when we look back, she said, you've actually done this many, many times. She said, mm-hmm. in, in your past lives, you've always been like a wise woman. You've been a judge. Um, like this is actually where you're meant to be. She said, those other two you'll be good at. But actually lawyer is, you've, you've done this in so many past lives so often. 
It's just where you, in fact, she said, you know, have you ever just opened up a book and said, I know what's in this book, but you've never seen it. I went, yeah. She goes, you probably wrote the book, you know. So she said, I was like, oh, okay, well, there's nothing else. I don't want to be a banker and I second don't want to be a librarian. So, okay, I'll, if you say so, yeah. I'll be a lawyer. That's how you went. How, if it wasn't for Sharon, maybe I would be a librarian. I don't know what I would be. Sharon told me that's what I have to be. So that's what I became. Hmm. So you start off by somebody telling you what you're going to be, and then you find yourself later, people not accepting you for what Sharon said you're supposed to be. Um, I think people always accepted me. Um, oh, actually, let me rethink that. Because you just said you couldn't find the job at first. But I couldn't find a job not because I was a lawyer. Mm. There was just something about me that people didn't want to hire me. But I actually think it was something about me that was I didn't want them to hire right, me. Right, of course. <laughs> you right. Know? There, there's that. So, but I it doesn't thought, feel like that when you're in the moment. No. It just feels like rejection. When yeah. you're 21 or 23 and yeah. everyone's getting jobs and you're not, okay, you so think you, you, you say, yeah. oh. So you're 18, you go to see Sharon. Yeah. By 21, you're a, a looking mm. for work no. so so. No, how does it work? I'm 50 now. Okay, <laughs> this is like I wonder about those kind of gaps. That's so, just... yeah, so um, I had to do uh, three years of, of an undergrad, right. then two years of an LLB. Right. And then I, um, it was two years of articles, I right. think. So it was, it was like almost seven years right. altogether. Could have been a doctor, <laughs> except that I'm not too keen on anatomy. Um. So, so, so I, uh, I remember I didn't want to get married until I got my law degree. So I said to my husband, I'm not marrying you until I've got my law degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got married when I was 24. So, yes, yeah, so I was 24 when um, I got to my law degree and I started and... looking for these jobs. Okay. Um, and I was so lucky I got married because I had these student loans and we got wedding mm-hmm. gifts. And I said to my husband, can I pay for my student <laughs> loans with our, with our money? And he went, yeah. I went, okay, good. <laughs> You know, so that's how I paid off my student loans. But um, it's one way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So marriage, <laughs> marriage, <laughs> marriage to pay off your loans. Um, so yeah, it's twenty-four. Like at twenty-four, you still don't know who you no. are. You still, you know. Is that how you felt at twenty-four? You, you didn't know who you are. Twenty-four. I'm fifty. So you still don't feel like. Still, sometimes still don't know. Yeah. Still figuring it out. The funny said. thing is, is I remember Sharon said, yeah. right? I just find this really interesting <laughs> because that's not always what we hear, right? So there is this. There's a huge influencer in the community. Sharon doesn't matter what the name is, mm-hmm. but in this case, it's Sharon, and I understand that because that happens in other places too. In in for us back home, there were these sages that would be you know people who would go to for like the ultimate advice mm-hmm. and they would set people on paths and and they were they meant well they're good at it so that's what everybody does yeah so you in your case and sharon, i'm very grateful for sharon of course like, i'm so grateful for sharon because lord knows what i would have done if sharon didn't tell me to be a lawyer mm. um but she was right mm. mm-hmm. she was right right um and um I'm so grateful for that because I don't know what else. What did you and Sharon talk about? Or did you just walk in and she said, librarian, banker? Okay, you're 10 minutes around. I've still got the thing. (laughs) Right. I don't understand it. It's just this round circle with all little things. Oh, it's like an astrological reading. Yeah. 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 I got a reading done. Okay. You know, do you remember parts of it? Because you just recalled some of it as well. I remembered what was important to remember. Sharon said, (laughs) I'm going to be a lawyer. What else did she say? She she said to me, um, interesting. She Mm -hmm. said to me, you're never going to be. 
wealthy, but you're always going to have enough. Hmm. That's a good place to be. That's a good place to be. It's really reassuring. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but, but like, what is wealth anyway? Yeah, it's a concept. You know, because yeah. the saying you can be a millionaire, but then you're still chasing it to be a bigger millionaire. Right. You know, and it's so true. Like there've been times where we really didn't have anything, mm. but I always had enough. Mm-hmm. And times where we've done really well, and I had enough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm very grateful for Sharon. So, was there a time when you were trying to apply for these jobs and not getting them? And of course, you reflect on it and figure, okay, in your meditation, which I'll get to in a sec. But was there a time where you ever doubted? What if Sharon was wrong? Wow, that's a great question. No, because once I decided I wanted to be a lawyer, there was nothing else for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, that's just... So you never let doubt creep into it? I never let doubt creep in because I made my success and it was my success. I was, you know, even when I started my own little um, law firm, really a little law firm, it was just me Mm -hmm. um, in South Africa Africa, and Mm. someone took a chance on me to allow me to sort of rent an office from from their space. Um, I was successful. You know, I may not have been a millionaire, but my name got out there and I was respected and, you know, it was all word of mouth. I I had no money to advertise Mm -hmm. or do anything, so it was word of mouth. Um, I I would never look back and say I sucked at anything. (laughs) You know, in the moments, possibly I did, but you know, when when I look back, but of course, there are moments where you you doubt what you're doing, uh, you doubt if you can make it. You, you did. I don't know anyone who says they've never doubted; they're lying. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's you know like. So, what were your doubts? Uh, will I have clients next month? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, will I pay my rent? Mm. Um, it was that close some some months. It's still close some months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. <laughs> it's, we're always on that edge. Yeah. We just get used to it. Yeah, you get used to it. Mm. And I think also it's you just have some kind of faith that it's going to come. Yeah. And it usually does. You know? Because it, you you feel like you're doing something aligned with you too, right? Yeah. You, I think that helps when you're doing something that aligns with what your passion is or what your purpose is. Then it helps kind of squash the doubts. But when you're in a structure that's not aligned with your passion and, and what you want to do, then the doubts, I think, can be amplified even more because you don't just have to worry about, am I going to have the clients to pay the rent or the checks or whatever, but am I going... like. I don't feel good <laughs> where I'm at. Too, and then right? you look at so. you look at other colleagues who seem to be really thriving, yeah. striving, and you think, you know, maybe I should have. Why didn't I? Mm-hmm. You know, and it yeah. all goes back to the inner critic, and it all goes back to some little trauma that happened to us as a child. And I know I said I had a perfect life, and I did. I had no major traumas that I could go back to and say this was terrible for me but a small trauma that I only recently discovered that that defined how I thought of myself mm-hmm. um, I had to unpack and and, and redevelop and it, it, it came only came to me last year um, and so when I was in grade one 
Uh, it was Mrs. Sandler. Her name. Mm-hmm. I like you need to know who I the know. names I are. I so right? love the names. I, I remember the name. Miss yeah. Billings. Like, yeah, Miss Brown. Yes. Yeah, because you, reckon that you remember who you teachers. Your life, yeah. Absolutely. Miss Dar, great Yeah. It was Mrs. Sandler. Did she have the glasses and everything too? She was young, actually. She was young. She was young and blonde and good blue eyes. I didn't particularly like her, <laughs> but she was good enough. She was my first teacher. What did I know? <laughs> right. um, my second grade teacher was Tarog. Okay. She was a spinster. Okay. Best teacher ever. Okay. She had a magic carpet. <laughs> and if you didn't understand anything, all you had to do was sit in the magic carpet and she'd come get that's you. That's amazing. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it was like a just carpet of no judgment. You didn't care who was sitting on the carpet. You just saw something on the carpet. You knew Miss Tarog had to get to them and you didn't take Miss Tarog's attention away because someone's on the magic carpet. That's okay, cool. so beautiful. Anyway, back to Mrs. Sandler, grade one. <laughs> right. So she had this thing on the board and she, you know, we had these huge big blackboards that like kind of took the expanse of the whole front of the classroom. And on the one side she had like drawn like fire and flames and on the other side she had drawn little flowers like paradise leaves, beautiful. And we were having a spot test, a spot um, math test. Pop Grade quiz. one, yeah. right? So it's one plus one, two plus three, three plus three, four plus three. I think we hadn't got past 10. We were still only in units. So Mm -hmm. 10, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And we each had three opportunities to answer three questions. And depending how you answered is where you would fit on this beautiful imagery that you'd created on the board. Okay. So she asked me the first question. I got it right. And she asked me the second question. I got it wrong. So now, third question. I'm not in the flowers I get this one wrong, I'm in the fire. Okay. I'm scared. And so the question she asks is, what is two plus three? And I'm so scared of being in the fire. And I didn't know I could use my fingers. Oh. Mm-hmm. I got it wrong. Mm-hmm. So I only got one question right. And I must have started crying or something because she said to me, just one foot. I think she wrote our names. She said, just one letter will go in the fire and the rest of it will be outside of the fire. Hmm. Well, for me, I was in the fire. Yeah, you're still in the fire. I was still in the fire. And for me, that defined me as that I'm not good at math. Mm-hmm. My entire life, I've said I'm not good at math. In fact, I got kicked out of math class so often in high mm-hmm. school hmm. because if I was kicked out, how could I learn? There. Yeah. It's not my fault. Why don't we do a seedling and then the flower, like the evolution of the plant rather than fire? You know what I mean? You're going like, to have to ask Mrs. Sandler. Yeah, like that's I so don't know harmful. where she is now. But, uh, but those small yeah. things, that was a it's a huge for thing. Me. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So my whole life was like, I'm not good at math. And so therefore, if I'm not good at math, I can't be a doctor. I can't be a whole psychologist. Right. I can't be a whole ton of other stuff because I said I'm not going to do math at school. I'm not good. So I gave yeah. up math for French. But that closed off a whole bunch of other opportunities mm-hmm. for me. What was her name again? Yes. Sandler. Mrs. Sandler. So Sandler. was it her or was it the fear that got you to get the answer like wrong? What, what, was, it, was it the trauma caused by... I don't know. It could have been the fear. Like, I didn't want to get in the fire. Because you just said you were so afraid, yeah. you forgot the count my, with your I, fingers. I was fight, flight, freeze. Right. Yeah. right. My brain was firing. Like, right. Oh, yeah, so... Like, it was the, the fire... The, the fire. And the no fear one said paralyzes you can use your fingers. Us. Yeah. Right. Right. So I didn't really... 
maybe you shouldn't have to think you can use your yeah. fingers, right? Like, it's amazing the power teachers have, though, around that. Because I had different experience, but similar, same thing. And I straight up chose my career because it had no math. Hmm. Yeah. Because I was bad at math. And I, bet and, I remember, and I wanted to be a psychologist, but I'm like, nope, math, can't do it, I'm not good at math. And yeah. it was like, Interesting. it was just like, no math. Yeah, And then other things, so really the, the school that I went to, um, a fantastic school, by the way, it was it was a private school, a really good school, um, but they streamed us, very big into streaming, okay? And so the word they used was education. Mm-hmm. So um, if you were an EDNU, you cream of the crop, best teachers, best everything, you can, that's where the head boy is going to come from, most of the prefects are going to come from, best of everything, EDU. CNA, Bit of everything. Good mix of what, people. What does EDU, CNA, what does it mean? That's how they streamed you. That was the word that they streamed you. So the classes, was you are either in... an acronym for something? Just education. Oh, okay. EDU you know, means education. EDU, the first letters of the word education. Yeah. EDU are the cream of the crop. Okay. Yeah. So Got that's... So, so if you were... So... And you were then in that class for the rest of your right. school career. So, right. So if you were in 1E, you were going to be in 2ED. So we, so we didn't have grades. It was... Form one, form two, form yes. three, form four. Yes. That, that, that's right. the Saudi, right? So right. you'd be in grade nine E, grade ten E, grade eleven E, grade yeah. twelve. Like okay. that was your so class. So it's kind of like advanced. Yeah, we used to call it advanced here, and then advanced um, basic and yeah, general something or something like or, that. Yeah. So so we had and then gifted. so the the, the thing yeah. was this, was the same. Like everyone had the same curriculum, right? But then there was sort of upper grade and lower grades. So mm-hmm. uh, sure. I'll get, I'll, I'll get there after, right. yeah. but streamed. Okay. So yeah. if you were sort yeah. of a really smart student, mm-hmm. academically smart, mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. either be an ED and U. Right. Um, C and A kind of had a mixture of kids. Right. And then T, I and O were, let's just get you through high school. Right. And then N was remedial. So N was where we had kids with, with um, learn, like real learning disabilities and, and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So I was in A. So I was in, you know, could have gone either way. But I thought I was mediocre because that's how they streamed me. That's mm-hmm. who my school told me that I was. I was right. mediocre. I didn't belong in ED and U. And fun enough, so many of the guys that were in the T, uh, um, the, the T, I, and O class, like millionaires. Right. Right? Millionaires. So true. And then we also, because of the streaming, we sometimes also antagonize the other groups. Right. We have well, it's to, a social it, thing, right. too. Right? Well, you hang yeah. out in, 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 in your group, yeah. right? your community. It's us and yeah. them. 100%. And, yeah. and, the, uh, the black and the white and the or whatever, or whatever. It's all like going on in the back of your head as that's happening, right? Yeah. The division, though, right? From the beginning, like we're just automatically divided and divided and divided into these groups when there's like, it's like, why are they not connecting and connecting and connecting mm. people? Like there's more similarities and there's differences. Yeah. And I just... I get so upset when I just hear of all of the ways we're dividing and labeling people when there's such experience and richness. Because the streaming doesn't work. It doesn't. I've seen it with my own kids, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. My one son was told um, he would never go to university in grade eight, and you can't do this. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be successful. Don't take advanced classes in high school. And like, he's like, Mom, I really want to go to university. I'm <laughs> like, Dude, you're gonna be fine. Like, take all the advanced classes. He got a scholarship. Wow, yeah. My other kid, he has serious learning disabilities, but he's very, he gets things really quickly once he's got his skills in order. You know, he's told, oh, great, apply to, like, he's in high school now, and he's made the honor roll, right, last semester, and they're like, oh, go to university, 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 and 
it, every day it changes. One day he's a carpenter, next day he's an electrician, and now he's taking a gap year to play the stock market. I'm like, dude, you're going to be successful no matter what one you do. Yeah. But he's the kid in grade, and when he's in grade one, he told his teacher because he couldn't read and he had a stutter and a speech impediment and all this stuff. And I was right there, and he told her, he's like, I don't need to learn from you. I already have a job. <laughs> and he did a family yeah. business, right? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't wrong. Yeah. Like, but it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just, they have such influence on us at such yeah. early ages. And like, yeah. look at like how, and I know you've had similar experiences with your school stuff. Like all of us, like mm-hmm. it's so impactful. Yeah. What it does. Yeah. So you have all this time as you're growing up, what I see as a, as a common theme is that you're seeing systems and systems mm-hmm. and yes. systems yeah. and systems that tell you what you are and what you should think and what you should be He's and so what you smart. can do. Yeah. Am I? Yes. Like, you would well, be in like, you for it, sure. It's talking E-D-O-U. about... You. You oh, oh, yeah. For sure I would not be. I can tell you and I was not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm grateful for that, right? That I didn't walk... Uh, it's funny, my son tells me this nowadays. I go, he goes, you use a term a lot. And I'm like, what do I say? He goes, you refer to them as smart people, but you say it in a really derogatory way. <laughs> yeah, I go, smart people. I go, I don't need yeah. smart people to tell me what to do. He's like, why do you say that about smart people? Wow. Yeah. Mm. And I go, because I look around and I go, I've been told that I'm not smart wow. by people who then are defining smart. Yeah. And I go, and they run the world. Yeah. And I go, look at the state of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Go, oh, wow. If they're so yeah. smart, then why is the world the, the way, way it, that is. it is? Yeah. So I got this yeah. thing for smart people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like it's, that's my thing. So I'm like, yeah, you know, um, when somebody walks in and goes, oh, because I got this qualification, I'm going to tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. And I go, you don't know your this from yeah. your that. Yeah. And you're going to tell me because you're qualified. Yeah. So you could be a lawyer. You could be an accountant, a doctor, or whatever. And so even mm-hmm. I am so um, sensitive to it mm-hmm. that I actually watch for this so carefully. Like, I do not believe in putting a title on your business card, for example. Yeah. I watch mm-hmm. for I when somebody that. introduces themselves as, I am a this. I go, wait, stop. What are you? Yeah. Well, how is it that You're that not defines your job. you? Yeah. So I'm uber sensitive to that. But I'm just listening to kind of like your story. And that's why I... I love your 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 the way that you're you're taking what's happened from your grandma to her being rogue. You call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. My 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 Callaway my clubs today mm-hmm. that I play in golf. They're called rogues, by the way, and oh, I so keep funny. them because they say rogues. So crazy. So, but anyway, I just noticed <laughs> this pattern with you. Are, right? yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I look at how you clubs. just keep you seeing systems after systems mm. after systems. Yeah. What I'm wondering is, is while you're going through it, yeah. are you realizing this, that these are systems? Are you formulating thoughts in your mind at that time? Or are you just trying to get by? Just trying to get by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, you just get by and getting put down by the system. Right. Mm-hmm. And then saying, then just going, well, the system's not working for me. I just have to do it myself. Yeah. So hold on. So you see that part right there where you go, the system's not working for me, so I got to do it by myself. That didn't happen in one moment. You talked about having... Going through meditation, you were doing some meditation. So, right? Like you had yeah. a moment that you just made that decision right now. You made this formulation. You said, it's yeah. not working for me, so I got to do it myself. Well, that I doesn't think, happen. No, but I think in a way it does happen. Does it? Because if, you know, if, the, if, if 
you're applying for job after job after job after right. job and you're not getting it, then you just start your own business. <laughs> <laughs> To create your own job. Right, that's yeah. going against the system. The system that said, we don't want you. But what mm. you didn't do, which others do, is like, I'm not good enough. Quit, yeah. And it, they spiral the other way. You went the other way. You didn't say, you didn't say, oh, I'm not good enough. You said, I got to start my own business. Yeah. But you yeah. could have said. But you started your own business with thoughts that you weren't good enough. I thought about my own business, it? not thoughts that are not good enough. Yeah. Right, that's my but, point. Yeah, you never I, thought I, that you were I, not yeah, good yeah. enough. I started my own business with, with I'm just going to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you I got to work, so they're not hiring me, so I'm going to create work. Yeah. You, know, you, I'm, you never once thought that you were not good enough to no. do something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I, um, when I had my articles, because, again, I wasn't getting articles. You know, my friends were getting, going to law firms and getting articles. And my mother, um, my parents, not my mother, my parents were getting divorced mm. um, when I was, or oh, it started a long time, but when I was sort of, looking for articles, my mother um, had gone to her divorce lawyer. And so she said to the divorce lawyer, my daughter needs articles. Mm. He said, okay, I'll take her. Like That's, mm-hmm. that's how I got articles sure. right now. This guy, wow. oh my Lord, he's, he's passed on. He, he was rogue, but of completely the other way. So he wanted to be a doctor. Mm. And his parents, I don't, for whatever reason, he couldn't be a doctor. So he became a lawyer. But he really wanted to be a doctor. So he loved medical malpractice, right. but for himself, right. yeah. not for other people. Mm. Okay, so he was a big hypochondriac. Like if he had a headache, his eye, he thought his eye was falling out. Mm. You know, if he stubbed his toe, his leg had to be amputated. Like always went to the other end. But he was such a beautiful human being, mm. um, a terrible, a very, very, very smart guy. And he was so good to me in some ways and so bad for me in other ways. Sure. Um, but he was my anti-role model. Right. And role models and anti-role models play the same role. Mm-hmm. You know, your anti-role model says, I want to learn how I don't want to practice. Yes. Right. Uh, and I'm so grateful for him. And he was such a beautiful, special human being. But he got so caught up in his own drama right. that it would cloud his vision with, with everything else. And then he would do things that were ridiculous. But I stood up to him the one mm-hmm. time. And I remember walking to his office and shouting at him because he had done something so bad and so wrong. Um, and I remember going in. And, but he respected me for that. Mm. Um, so before you walked in to that, yeah, what was your thinking? <laughs> of of was walking there, in? Was it that fear? You know, the... Would it be fire? Would it be flowers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did fire you think about that? He had was angered me so much. It was pure brute blood curdling red anger. Okay. Mm. You were just. There was, there was no. You went fear. straight to the fire. There yeah. was no were, repercussions. And it was like, I don't care what the repercussion See is. See that? Yeah. You know? You just like, had to speak your truth. I had yeah. to speak my truth. And I stormed out. Like, I, I was a right. big drama. And you didn't skip a word, right? Like. No. I actually just think you just stood there. <laughs> And then I did the big huff and flung my head and walked out and said, right. and I'm going for the day. And I drove away. Um, but he apologized to me and he was wrong. Mm. And I actually think he said, maybe you need a vacation. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's a bad thing. <laughs> well, I just, think, I just think it's interesting because mm. I'm talking to you today for the first time. But I, I, yeah. I see the, the, the first great experience where, you know, there's there's an authority figure and there is fear and then there is that you're one foot in the fire yeah 
And then there's fast forward to by this time, according to chronology, you should be 27, 28 at this time. Yeah. And there's no fear. <laughs> uh, and there's no fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a fire, but I warm my hands. But it was, it. Yeah. It was yeah, right. Yeah. The fire was coming from you. Like, yeah. you know, you you were the fire. Yeah. Like it's like you were the storm, as they say. Like, you know, like you yeah. were the storm. Not that the storm is coming and you're not gonna make it. One of my other favorite things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're the storm. Yeah. And you became the storm. Yeah. And um I think there's something I like to be, that I became the storm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a saying yeah. out there about that. Yeah. Um something about a warrior one. I I'll, I'll figure it out later, but <laughs> It, yeah, it's the the devil whispered to the warrior and said, "Right, the storm is coming, and you will not survive." Mm. And the the warrior whispered back to the devil, "I am the storm." I love that. I love that. that yeah. It's like one of my. I keep it up there, but I just see the. I see that interesting in your your grandma's strength, kind of starting to really develop in you as your reference point, yeah. right? And that takes you to this point. Mm-hmm. In our last discussion we had with somebody, he called that leverage. Mm-hmm. Like you find your leverage and your grandma was your like your leverage. I think, you know constantly. what, the one thing about my grandma, and it wasn't just me, it was all her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. She would light up when you walked into a room. It's like when you walked, like we would all visit her. Like yeah. if we had spare time, we would go and because then she moved into her own place because mm-hmm. um, we moved out of whatever. Um and so we would randomly just go visit her and you'd knock on her door and she'd light up as though you've just made her entire day. Mm-hmm. And all of us felt that way. Yes. Like it was when you... Just like, by being there. Just by being there. And when I got married, I, I gave her a dedication and, 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 you know, it was, there's this one, this is how I felt about my grandma is, you know, there was a, this little girl was walking with her grandma and um, they were walking and, and there was a shadow and her shadow was very small. And she said to grandma, look at my shadow. It's so small. And grandma said, but you're looking at it at the wrong time of day. Mm. Because, you know, no, no, it was the other way around. Mm. She said, mm. uh, look how mm. small, look how big my shadow is. And I'm so small. And she said, but you're looking at it wrong time of day because you're always bigger than your shadow. Oh, yeah. I love it. And that was my grandmother. She always made me feel like I was bigger than my shadow mm. in whatever decision I made. And and I think when you've got just one person like that in your life that says, I don't see your shadow, I see you and you're bigger than that shadow, that belief, just you just need one yeah. person to instill in your life that. that instill that in you, that it will push you. Mm-hmm. And, and my grandma was that person for me. Well, that's amazing that you had somebody like that. A lot of people sometimes they don't find that person around them for whatever circumstance. Who, what do you say to those people in terms of their shadows and themselves? Be your grandma for a second. <laughs> what would your grandma yeah, say? Yeah, oh, I, like, like I think I have to, if she's here, just come. She's going to figure it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But the thing is, is we all have it, though. Even if we don't have someone, if we don't have someone there to tell it, I think just our shared humanity tells you that. Just by the fact that you're a human being, your shadow is not bigger than you. Your shadow. We all have shadow. The thing is, the shadow doesn't exist. It only exists at certain times because at night you've got no shadow. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh, I like that. Uh, <laughs> you the know, things that people say. Yeah, but I think, like, what would I say to somebody who doesn't have that one person? Then maybe they just have to be their own person mm-hmm. and find the strength to believe in themselves. And it's hard. Like, it's easy to roll off my tongue. Right. Well, it's kind of like what you said earlier. If nobody's willing to hire you, then you just got to open up your own company. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to be there to say this to you. Then you just got to say it to yourself. 
Yeah. And you guys be your own. Yeah. I mean, when I came to Canada, not wanted to hire me for articles as well because the Law Society had said to me, mm. you know, I, I sort of did my accreditation, my conversion, and then they said, instead of doing however long articles are here, nine months a year, I don't even know how long articles are here, they said, you only have to do three months, that we're going to abridge your articles because of your experience and all of that. It's like, oh, my. <laughs> but no one wants to hire you for three months because in those three months, generally, is where they teach you everything and then you pay them back for the rest right. of the time. So who's going to hire you for three months? So there again, I'm going, what am I going to do? And I didn't know that you, such a learning curve, right? Just the grades that I got in South Africa had to be, weren't the equivalent to the grades in Canada. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know there's an equivalency chart. I had to do a conversion. So if people, if I just, people just saw my grades because the, the education system is very, very high. The standards are very, very high in South Africa. So to get over 75% at university pretty much means you have to be a genius. Mm. It's very hard to get over. And I lectured and I, and I used to write, you know, at mark exams. And, and, and my lecturer, my boss said to me, make it very easy for them to get 50%. Do whatever you can. The second they're at 50, you don't give out grades unless they deserve them. So, and that, that was the marking strategy that, that we had to use. So, uh, when I got 77, 78, one or two 83s or 85s, in Canada, they'd go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a poor thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> sweet, sweet woman. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't know that I had to, that there was a whole equivalency thing that I had to. So, when I would give my transcripts to law firms here, you're not, you're not really the candidate for us yeah. until I learned that. Um, and apparently you don't just walk in. And in South Africa, it's, it, it's such a different culture and community. You'd walk in and say, hey, can I just quickly hand this to the managing partner? Because it, it was important that they saw a face to the name. Mm-hmm. You don't do that in Canada. you know. So I right. did that and I upset a few lawyers because I insisted that I see the managing partner. You insisted. There <laughs> you, you know? are again. Going rogue. Going rogue. <laughs> um, and so so I had to learn. So eventually when I wasn't getting articles and I wasn't doing it, I had to think. I had to restructure. How do I get in? How do I do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and then it was somebody said someone, it was uh, he's a lawyer in York region in, in Markham. And someone said he's looking for a law clerk. And I said, oh, Send him my resume. I'm gonna. I'll be his law clerk, and I don't care like for how long it is. If it's for a year, I'll work for a year. But three months is I sit him. So I, I had an interview with him, and I said I'll work for as long as you need me to work for you. But three months you have to mark off as articles. And so we we came to an agreement, and it, mm. and it worked. That's good. You know, yeah. so you have to you have to be creative. Mm. You can't yeah. let the door close on you and say, mm-hmm. well, I don't know what to do. It's like okay, it's not working for me. How do I make mm-hmm. it work? So you have to go in through the back door. Sometimes Create the back door is the great is the best entrance because no one's expecting you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you can't let these things get you down. Mm. I was wondering if we could go back to because you said a while ago one of the reasons you left South Africa was because of the violence mm. and that you had a gun placed on you. Yeah, um, and that was one of the pivotal moments. Could you walk through that and what that meant? Because I know I've seen something you've written about it, so I have some insight into okay. this. I saw something you yeah, wrote about this recently. Okay. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. and Please. and it um, it was really quite powerful. Yeah, right. And I, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of compassion, and there's a lot to learn from that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So um, and, and that actually. Uh, I'm going to just quickly start at the end, uh, sort of 
what happened, there was a portal for me. Um, and I didn't realize I'd walked through a portal until a few years later. Okay. But that was an opening for Call me. That moment was an opening That moment was an opening for me. That How old were you this time? Um, twen- I want to say okay. 26. In your 20s. Okay. You know, yeah, mid-20s. Yeah, okay. mid-20s. I couldn't right. have kids yet, so I okay. must have been, and I still with Peter, so Solar, that was the name of, of my boss. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Not important. Oh, no, <laughs> no, but it's like tease. I'm it's just the brain, though. The brain yeah. is about there where you were in your journey, it. right? And yeah. This, yeah. This, yeah. this sort so of was, thing happens. Right? Yeah, so I was still doing my articles. So anyway, so this particular law firm that, that I worked for, uh, we had a lot of um, clients who had no money, and so they would have to get legal aid. So what would happen is they would come in, um, and they, they did have to pay like a small deposit. So it was like 300 rand. So like it was like $30 or something that they had to just pay and then they would, you know, they, they would get their legal aid. So um, the, the, the law firm that I worked in was an old house. So there was um, sort of a reception area. Sort of you walked in, there was a reception area, and then to the left was what would have been the formal lounge was now reception. Right. And then the rest of the place, once you walked the other way, it was like an L shape. So my office was at the end of the L, sort of the, the, sort of the last office of the L in this sort of, L corridor. So these these people had come the day before. I hadn't seen these people, but they'd come the day before uh, for saying that they needed legal aids. The receptionist said, here the forms, complete the forms, come back with your money, and then we can open up a file for you. So the next day, she saw them. She recognized them. And so she opened up the gates because there were gates and you had Got to yes. buzzers and, and, yes. and all of those things. Yes, that's right. Uh, electric gates. And then so she buzzed them in. And as she buzzed them in, six armed men came in and it was, it had been a whole setup to be able to come in that so day. So the, the day they'd come before was just checking everything out. Like get the trust. <laughs> get the trust. Recon. See what's in. Yeah. See what, exactly. See what's there, who's there, whatever it is. Um, so they came back She uh, and, and she let them in. I don't know any of this is happening. So I'm sitting at the office and I shared an office with another, with another law clerk. And we're sitting there and I can hear like, really weird noises happening and it sounds like a a mewing like somebody crying but it was like just a really weird sound like I could it was didn't sound human Mm. I was like what is going on and like they were scuffling and and I was like it was like what is going on so there because I'm curious you know I I say to the other one I'm just gonna go see what's going on running back to the back of the yard you just follow them to grandma's right curious you know it's exactly got it I totally see it so I I I get up and uh oh there were just so many weird things that happened that day but I get up and so so the viewers can't see but so it's like this okay so my office is here there's a washroom here and there's an L shape and then they're like two offices sort of over, over there. And the reception area is is over here. So you can cut. So I walk down and I, and, and I can see this. I can see two legs on the floor mm. out of the office. And I can see two men standing over the legs. And again, I'm not even thinking, that's weird. It's like, yeah. Yeah. wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even mm-hmm. thinking like no what could it yet. be. Like no danger yet. And so I don't want to interrupt them. So I want to go behind them to surprise them to say, What's got, I want to get a better yeah. angle of mm-hmm. what's happening. Like, for me, did somebody faint? Like, I'm not mm. thinking anything else. Like, I just, I want to go see. So I go around and I go, my hands and my hips, right? Because I'm rogue. <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> okay. And all of a sudden, I just feel a gun. Oh, wow. On my temple. 
okay, and I look, and there's this guy, and I'm wearing this, um, and I was like, okay, now I realize that I'm in the middle of an armed robbery. So they they pivot me so that I can now, because I just, I didn't know there was a gunman behind me, so they pivot me, so now the gunman's right in front of me, and there's now somebody standing behind me, and they want, um, they want to, they want to tie my hands up, okay, they want to tie my hands, but they couldn't do it because I'm wearing this leather jacket, and so the leather jacket is not allowing me to get my hands behind, behind my back, so they tell me to take the leather jacket off. So as I take the, I take the leather jacket off, and as I'm sort of taking my leather jacket off, I take my engagement ring off my finger. It was like, my husband paid a lot of money for this ring and you're not going to have it. So as they took my they took my jacket off, I took my ring off, I shoved the ring in my mouth and I thought, I'll just keep it in my mouth and, you know, until anything happens. They tie me up and they shove me into this room and I, I walk into the room. My hands are now tied behind my back. My ring is in my mouth. And I look at the one corner and the one receptionist is just, she's just, she's, she's become comatose. Yeah. Like she's, she's just, rocking to soothe herself. She's yeah. rocking to, like her eyes are just staring. She's rocking to soothe herself. And I think, okay, that doesn't look good. Okay. And then I look in the other corner. Like I can just see it right now. As Are you afraid at all at this point? Like you seem to be pretty conscious of what others mm. are. I'm, I'm just observing. Okay. Like I, maybe yeah. I'm on adrenaline, right? Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just observing what what's happening. In the other corner uh, on the floor, the one the receptionist to let them in is in the fetal position. Mm. Her pants are wet. She's peed her pants. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I look at that, and then over there, there's another gunman who's who's in, in charge of us now. And I look at him, and like his his, his, his hand is is shaking like mm. that, you know. And I think, oh my god! Like then I was like, okay, this is serious. This is pretty bad. And um, they've come in. Somebody has already come in and, and taken off taken off our watch. I'm thinking, oh, you didn't get my ring. Like I'm feeling very smug about myself because my ring's in my mouth. But he starts talking to me because mm. he wants to say where the he says where the keys to your car. Now I have to talk. But I got my ring in my mouth. So I decided I'm just going to swallow my ring. Okay. Uh-huh. Right? And yeah, it was two rings. So it was a little, a little, thin little wedding band and, yeah. and, and, and this big clunky, which I've redesigned, but the clunky <laughs> ring. Um, and I swallow, big, deep swallows. Oh, God. But the little band turns as I'm swallowing and I start choking. Oh, no. Okay. And I'm literally thinking, I'm either going to die or I have to spit the rings up, which is either way, it Not is, a good result for yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, so literally just, said, just keep swallowing, just keep swallowing. And I swallow, they go down. And am I going, okay, what goes in must come out. Like, okay. I'm just, I'm just, you know. Simple logic. You know, simple logic. And now that I'm alive, I've swallowed. And I say to them, my car keys are in my briefcase. The, the other goes out. And I, and I look at this guy and he is so scared. This gunman is so scared. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's like, Blanket. It felt like this blanket of protection just came over me and it said, you're going to be okay. Mm. And I looked at this guy, this poor gunman, and I felt such compassion for him Mm. and such forgiveness. And I just knew he didn't want to be there either. Mm. And so I said to him, I forgive you. And he looked at me and he said, what? And I said, it's okay, I forgive you. Mm. And he started crying and he said to me, you have to forgive me, but I don't want to be doing this, but I have to feed my family. Mm. 
and I was promised money if I was part of this. And we just started talking to each other as as human beings. And there was such compassion. And it honestly was one of the most beautiful moments of my life. I don't even know how long it took, Mm. but there was, I couldn't hate him. I couldn't be scared of him. I couldn't. You could see yourself in him. Yeah. That's it. Like we just saw each other. Both of us didn't want to be here. Both of us were here. Mm. It was beyond um, our control. And suddenly some guy said, let's go. He looked at me, ran out. That was it. And that was it. And I was in such control after that. I went to check on the people. I went to see what was happening. I went back to my office and the other one was oblivious. She didn't even know what had been oh happening in the whole time. I was like, what? You, you did what? What? Yeah. I, I was so in control of everything. And oh, the reason why it happened is one of the men came came back and he actually got hit over the head. He actually became brain damaged um, as a result. But the police came oh, wow. and I was fine. And I remember calling my mother and my husband. And you know when you, you get that call, I'm okay, but... Mm. Um, and I held it together until my husband walked through the door. And, then, and the second and I was saw him, to break down. I was like just jelly. Right. You know, um, but I saved my ring. <laughs> I came out. The rings came out. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay. Let yeah. Me tell about you. that. You know I'm going to ask. No. <laughs> One thing I do want to tell you, because if ever. <laughs> I saw okay, my ring. Okay. If ever you. No, no. If ever you need diamonds sparkled. Okay. Stomach acid. Is that it? They make My it diamonds <laughs> never sparkle <laughs> as much as they did, like after I had to clean them, right? Yeah. But, like, let me tell you. There's an upside. That's yeah, so you can't funny. offer same day service, <laughs> but, but you don't get the a sparkle. It does the job. <laughs> oh, Nicole. So um, so it's interesting because in our family, we've also had an armed robbery as well. I wasn't there for it. And I wished that I was because it was it was connected to how they got there was connected to me. I was selling something from home, like laptops. That's one of wow. the first things. And they came for that. But I wasn't home at that time. So oh. I wanted to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 And my dad yeah. is like, uh, it's a good thing you weren't. Yeah. And I was like, no, I really because felt, you felt like responsible. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted to be there for them and help them. And he's like, yeah. look at it this way. If you were there, who knows? Yeah, because they couldn't do anything. Well, I wouldn't. I didn't do the compassion thing that you did. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd be like, okay, these are our guys are on one side, we're on the other. Let's sort this out or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like when you look at all of these like events, it's interesting. Now I understand like what shapes, you know, and what motivates and where your passion comes from to do what you do, you know, today. Yeah. Um, from grandma to Sharon to being robbed and having that moment, like the, the build-up, the making of Nicole. And I think that's, you know, mm-hmm. when I mentioned it was a portal. Like when I just had this... Yes. It, it was like a blanket that just covered me, mm. filled me, and said, you're going to be okay. Like there was just no doubt in my mind that I was going to survive this. And it was the most beautiful feeling. And I said that's a portal because I never tapped into it again until many, many, many years later. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Quite often it's like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you reflect back on that, tell me something. From the person who was, I just find this to be two really interesting points. The, the person who couldn't add two plus three, who was told that they could Under not fear, add, yeah. Right? 
to having She never told me I wasn't smart. I told myself I wasn't smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on. She, right. in fact, was being compassionate by not putting me in the fire. <laughs> just one foot, just mm-hmm. one letter. Right. You know, but I told myself a story based on that, and then I believed the story. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I broke your... Yeah. Oh, well, this is what I was hoping to, to kind yeah. of uncover for people, is that as you speak to it, uh, a lot of us find ourselves in that moment, that same moment where we're paralyzed. You described people in the room who were paralyzed at another point. I see very little difference between them and that, that kid who couldn't add up to five. Yeah. So not only yeah. have you been that person, you've been in the room with a person like that as well, years mm-hmm. later. And uh, that iteration of yourself looks out for those people. Yeah. But you were that person at one moment. Mm-hmm. Whether you were told that or you told yourself that, you were that. Yeah. And you then found your way out to that. What would you say, um, like, what is, is the one or two things that you would point to to say, this is what got me through? From that perspective of talking myself into not being good at math to having a blanket over me that everything is going to be okay. What would you say are like the one or two sort of things that, that, that are your, your biggest sort of like, um, you know, the things that you've learned, or the things that you've, you've come to become aware that these are the things. That then actually, or now. Well, as you look back on it. Yeah, yeah. that helped that evolution, right? Yeah. Um, I think just you're always going to be okay. I could have died, but I turned it around. And that's the thing, you know, when I teach mindfulness, you only need one mindful person in a room to change the entire room. Mm. I was that person in that armed robbery. Because who knows what would have happened if, if I would all, have yeah. reacted or cried or made him even more nervous right, or right. spat out my rings or like or condemned knows? him for his behavior. Condemned him, mm-hmm. put out hatred instead yeah. of love. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. who knows, mm-hmm. you know? So um I think that's I think Put out love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another one. Yeah. yeah. Put out love instead of Put hate. out kindness. Um, so I think the evolution really, when, when I think, like Sharon was right, you're always going to have enough. Whatever enoughness is at that point of, in time, you're always going to have enough. Be it enough smarts, be it enough kindness, be it enough money. You always have enough enoughness if you can just, ground yourself and well what do I really need right now does that mm. does that make sense mm. I, I think that's looking back maybe um what I get from all of this like I've never not had enough even at the moment when you felt that it wasn't enough that you weren't enough you still had enough then because I think we define well what is enough is enough money mm. yeah you know the society says you're only successful if you're rich Mm-hmm. But I've got enough compassion and love and forgiveness and kind of me to s- fill your corridors. Mm-hmm. So even in that That's moment enough. when when it wasn't enough for you, that you 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 didn't you weren't good at math that you're telling yourself you still had enough then of something else, right? Yeah. Of what? You know, I've always I think just my grandmother always said to me, "You were always that person who brought kids home who no one wanted to be friends with." Mm-hmm. You know. Um, she always said that about me. She said, you didn't care what other people thought about other people. You went, you, if you saw those people being targeted, you went and became friends with those, with those people. Um, so I think, 
And it's hard sometimes. I'm not saying I always, because I want money. Everybody wants money. And sure. I think mm-hmm. we have to change our money. Money's not bad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not bad to say I want money. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I think I've always known that if I haven't had money, I've had enough compassion. Like there, there's, there's it doesn't others, define It you. doesn't define me. Like there's yeah. enough of me that says you're okay. Mm-hmm. You're good enough. And I think I'm able to tap into that sometimes. Or people will tell me that just mm-hmm. randomly. And then that builds my bank mm-hmm. when, I ha- when I need a withdrawal. I call that life credits. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Which exactly. you can bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a whole banking system on life credits. But um, thank you for that. That is yeah. that's an amazing um, like journey to take you to where we are, which I think is like a whole other episode on, you know, what where you're doing. <laughs> yeah, what you're doing right now is so amazing. Uh, but now I understand. <laughs> like the, you know, Nicole, the making of, this, uh, this person who is like breaking cycles and bringing change. Yeah. Um, God, I like me. Especially when it's said that way. It's so funny when, when, when we first met today, you said, you people walk here, think out of here thinking, I did not expect that. I was like, yeah, of course, that's what he said. But it it's so true because, like, wow, like, You've given me a whole perspective of me mm. that I kind of thought I knew, but no, you've 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 actually put it in like you've put in a beautiful book named mm-hmm. Nicole with a gorgeous cover mm-hmm. that can just and you can take it put it that re- long, rewind and, and press play yeah. over yeah. and over. Volume and thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Thank think it, I think I think there are beautiful stories in so many people out there, and quite often we just like. I think just go over it very quickly, mm-hmm. not even realizing that it is an amazing story. Yeah. And in that story, I just see so much inspiration for so many others out there. Yeah. And what happens is a lot of people don't share that story. Yeah. And they feel like, um, because in there, there are some, you know, moments of, you know, there's doubt, there's fear, there's vulnerability and all those things. And it's even harder for somebody like you because you are also, you have this persona as well out there, you know, of who you are to your clients and, Gosh, what if they don't see me as like, you know, oh my God, I don't have it together all the time. Yeah, I don't not have it together, but you got me on a very good day. But but you know what I think the key is the one thing I've always said about myself is that I actually like myself. Mm. Like if somebody said to me, hey, do you want to be Nicole's friend? I'd go, yeah, I do want to be Nicole's Mm -hmm. friend. Like if I had to meet me, I'd want to be my friend. And And a lot of people don't want to be their own friends. And I think when I'm hearing you speak, something I say to kids a lot is when they tell me their their negative self-talk, right, that inner kind of critic in their head, is, is that's exactly it. I said, would you talk to your friend like that? Yeah. Would you, if you use those words and pretend I'm your friend on the playground, and would you use those words? Like, no, I wouldn't want to say that to someone. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you say that to me? And then they explain all the reasons why. And I'm like, then why do you say it to yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think yeah. that's, the, like, that's just with little kids, but I think that's so important for all of us, right? Like, be your own friend. You're okay. Like, you're, you got it, right? Like, yeah. you're good enough. And be kind to yourself. Like, And when you have those moments, like when you put down the phone, like they say you had a really successful telephone call and you go, go me. <laughs> you know, like, you don't sit with it. You don't yeah. embrace it. You don't bank it like you said. Mm. Like, you need to bank those feelings. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. 
Yeah. The other feelings come up, right? Yeah. They always come up. There was this thing I read about the difference between being alone and feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, we, especially with the way things are today, people feel very alone. Yeah. But there's a difference between being feeling alone and feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. And what people feel is loneliness. Yeah. And to your point, there's a saying out there that if you like who you are, you may be alone, but you won't be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And to get people to understand that no matter what their story is, mm-hmm. that there's a beautiful person there. You got to start loving mm-hmm. that person yeah. and you'll never be lonely again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And alone is not a bad thing. In fact, there are people who seek to be alone a lot yeah, so powerful. that they can, you know. Um, oh, that's the one I've worked on a lot. Right? I know that, you can, you can <laughs> I know that journey in, very you can, well. You can yeah. gather your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is a beautiful story. And thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing it thank with you. us. Thank you. And not only sharing it with us, but your your reason for even coming here together with us and seeing us for what we have, have been aspiring to be and um, and helping us to be more of that today. Uh, amazing Thank story. You. Thank you so much, Nicole, Thank for you. coming. Yeah, you know, I think everyone needs to know there are more of us out there. Mm-hmm. And there, there are more of us. We only hear of the success stories, but we don't hear of the stories that brought them to success, yeah. which is usually their failures. 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. What does I'm going to say uh, failing is? Uh, feelings just learning or I don't know something like that or, or is it uh, <laughs> first attempt in learning <laughs> or the first attempt to success first attempt, maybe or yeah first yeah. attempt in learning that's yeah. an interesting acronym yeah, yeah. first yeah. attempt in well, learning thank you oh, I, I had such fun um, we're gonna do this again mm-hmm. okay definitely do it again if that's okay with you <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we catch you on another good day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Schedule it in my calendar. Good day. Yeah. You see, I have it labeled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go me. Okay, that's the day. Right, that's, that's the one. Done.